welcome back to another enriching episode of the Route 77 podcast. I'm Natasha, and it's my joy to be your host as Monique, David, and I embark on a thought-provoking journey, unraveling the nature of miracles, eternity, and the rapidly advancing world of artificial intelligence. Together, we'll explore the boundaries of God's works, pondering whether miracles are beyond our understanding of natural laws, or if they are expressions of God's love and power within the fabric of our universe. We'll traverse the connections between the supernatural gifts of God and the potentials and perils of AI, scrutinizing how this technology influences our thoughts on eternity and our relationship with God. From the resurrection of Christ to exploring transhumanism and the ethical questions surrounding AI, today's conversation promises to be a rich tapestry of theological reflection and technological exploration. So settle in, open your hearts, and join me as we navigate these topics together, right here on the Route 77 Podcast. I want you guys to start from this particular thing that I was thinking about last night, because it kept me up so long. Go for it, Okay, so the idea that there's miracles and supernatural, think, think about it, it's subjective meaning that there isn't technically such things as a supernatural agent or a, or a miracle in itself because so what do you guys think a supernatural is because you had a miracle it's used uses supernatural to define itself so what do you think supernatural means i think it's like what the word is like beyond the natural what's in our natural world God is supernatural. Yeah, it, it goes beyond okay. what we call natural, the natural world. Yeah. Okay, so if God in itself would fit that definition perfectly. Let's say the resurrection of Christ wouldn't, because that's within our world. But the, but the it, yeah. It's just, this is not to say that whatever God does within our world isn't divine and good one. It's the idea that supernatural is something that is outside of what we perceive as natural law and stuff, because... Right? Yeah. Because God is because God is outside of time and space and everything that we have, he would be the perfect exact he would be the only supernatural thing. A God would be a supernatural thing. An agent like that would be a supernatural. Anything within healing that Jesus did to to his resurrection, this wouldn't be considered supernatural. Therefore Why would you think that? Because supernatural and you gotta understand it's subjective, meaning that because I don't know how a car works, that becomes supernatural, right? And well, God no, that would be more of just a, a lack of knowledge. But like when Jesus would heal, say, the blind, you're doing something to the body that nature, nature was incapable fit, of doing. That fits in with the laws of nature. No, it doesn't. It's God. Yes, it does. But, but that, per that person couldn't naturally heal their eyes. Only God through his supernatural power could. Yes. Just like we create synthetic DNA. Because we understand how it works. See, the thing is, is that God created the universe. So he understands how to manipulate it. He understands how he assembled the atom. But wouldn't so that be God supernatural? Rules in place. I think that it would be like supernatural for us. God, nothing's going to be beyond him. But it's. But this was quite super. The idea of a miracle and supernatural, in a sense, is subjective. It's based off the person. Because by night, if I don't understand how a tree grows or if I don't understand how a car works, 
then that is supernatural because it's out of my understanding. Of but the it's law within the capability of your understanding. Yeah. Yes, it's like everything so. is. But I think there's a create in the image of God. So to understand how God exists outside of everything would not be in our capacity. But the idea that we are able to do science to begin with suggests that God created the natural laws and everything through his universe so that we are able to understand it. Yeah. Take the resurrection of Jesus, for example. God could have easily, because Jesus was also human, there had to be a way for God to also resurrect the body of Christ, like the human eye, human body of Christ. Because reanimating the dead like that fits within a lot of like demon and stuff like that. But in a sense, so God had to have an in-depth understanding of how the nature laws work in order to do that. I think the point of things like miracles is that they have been done outside of the laws of nature. The laws of nature have been defied. Yeah. And that's why they, they are a miracle. Like whenever Stephen, my ex, he had cancer and they were, he was given three months to live or whatever. He went from one day having people come and yeah, pray but, for him to the next day. But to... Yeah, but that doesn't make, that doesn't, what's more probable? God to completely abandoning his laws he put in place and begin with? Or he put the laws in place so that it was possible to do so? Because like he went from, like Stephen went from having the limp nose and stuff like lo giant lumps one day to literally having nothing they were completely like those lumps were completely gone the next day within like, 24 hours and i think you can never you can't just look at that and learn from it and then create the ability to do that because then because it, it's outside of the laws of nature it's just like what with hat what amber and even the doctors are saying it's impossible for her to not have any damage to her internal organs it's just not possible and I said, we have no explanation. When the doctor is saying, we have no explanation because it doesn't make sense, that's a miracle. Even said they were actually wrote miracle on his chart because they're, they're, it defied the laws of nature that this happened. Hey, let's, take, let's take a good example of the aging process. Don't Scientists have discovered... Oh, wait, aging. Huh? Sorry, the sorry. Aging yeah. I thought so, you said the ancient so, process. No, process. Aging process. Okay. So effectively what happened was, is that God eventually said, look, I'm going to limit your years to 100. One. Would you consider that a miracle? That was him placing that. To place that law in place. But was that a miracle? Or was it? It wasn't exactly a law. It's very interesting. It's scientific. scientific well, say, you could say the same thing about death itself. Of, because it was not. have found that two parts of a DNA structure have been taken apart, altered, then refused. And that was what affected our overall aging process. Like, instead of we were able to, because of that, because of that refusation, and then re that limited our life expectancy to hundred about 120 years. Is that what it was? We, we, we were, were just, that we're, I think everybody just postulating because there's no one who's alive no, but now. You also have, to consider, have to also consider the Nephilim. Yes. They were able to share secrets of the universe in what people will most likely call miracles to oh, that, of, been reading the that of their... What? We were talking about the Nephilim at one point. We were re looking a lot into it at one point. Yeah. A few months ago. There's the the but, thing with the Nephilim but, is that there's... There's a lot of theories about it. There, there's a lot of theories, but no real understanding of what they really are. Yeah. The Bible says the Nephilim are the fallen angels. Or the children of the fallen angel. That's not really what it says, and that could be mistranslated if it's in your... Yeah, there's multiple... There's multiple translations. Series? 
But that is one of them. And I'm completely open to that being one of them. If they can take on our human form in order to talk with us and then. Yeah, but are they also given the ability to reproduce? That's a question we don't have an answer to. It doesn't say specifically in the Bible. These were the, these these were these ones. This is how it worked. Yeah. These were the children of fallen angels who decided that. And then God allowed them the ability to transform into like human, not just physically, but physiologically. And so that's like a question we don't have answered, but we do make, and I'm, I'm completely open to that being one of the possibilities. Like what you're saying, like, I understand what you're saying, David, but we, we could see the same thing about like death itself, because prior to the fall, like death wasn't possible. And yet once the fall came, then so, people started to... Um, is it all the process all of death and aging began? Okay, so going back to the, the supernatural America stuff. So in the simplest way I can explain this is that why would God why would God break his own laws if he could just create laws that allowed him to do that in the first place? The thing is then you're saying that there's a part of the natural world that we're never designed to understand and we can never replicate. And I don't what? know. If he's creating these Sorry, laws as natural. So if he's creating these laws as natural laws for the moment that he needs them, then they're part of the natural world. And then we should be able to understand them at some point and recreate the situation. If we can't recreate the situation and it's required to have a supernatural element, then it would be considered supernatural, wouldn't it? The definition of supernatural would mean that that something is outside of all reality. Like it does... Like it has no pull in any of the laws of natural laws to physics to anything mathematical, nothing. And a miracle takes that and says, look, whatever a miracle is, it's a supernatural force that's outside of all laws, all physics and stuff. With the accept idea that a miracle is something that does not cause calamity, but benefit that person. Okay. Yeah. So the only person, the only agent or entity or that would be considered a proper miracle or a proper miracle or supernatural would be god himself i suppose he can what i'm trying it's hard to wrap my head around the idea that god would create a universe and then create these natural laws and then just do everything outside of them but that's why why they're to do that that's why they're miracle he chooses certain times and, and situations in which he's willing to intervene for his will of his purposes and so he goes in and but he the, but so, the idea of him saying having to heal a blind man suggests that whatever part say take me for example my left eye doesn't have any tissue that was supposed to be there to begin with so if god says look okay let's give you sight he has to create that tissue yep correct yep. yeah so that means he, he would be manipulating his own creation in a sense to do that. Can't just give me sight if it's if the stuff's not there. Like, but he is like God can not to, do that. So are you are you going to say he's so how, around, but, think. So how can I have sight? Okay, so that suggests that you don't need an absolute you don't need a anything. You don't need a body, a head at all, and you can see. Uh, not even a spirit. That's what you're suggesting, Money. That's... I'm not suggesting that at all, and I don't know where you got that. Okay, then you actually need a physical level. But um, so are you saying that in your thoughts, God should not be intervening on Earth in any way, shape, or form? So how do we become saved? How would no, it be? That is far. That is so far from what I'm saying. He's saying that miracles are not supernatural; they're just a natural phenomenon that can be directed by God. In the view of God. 
with him being able to rise someone from the dead or heal someone be supernatural? I would think so. Yes. Because the only way it would occur yeah. would be the God. inclusion of the supernatural, which is God. It would not no, be possible true, without him. True God. When God looks at someone and says, heal you, but man, he's, that is supernatural. That is outside of all, all understanding and law. Does he not understand words, that? Words are our, were what he gave us to describe things. When we describe something as supernatural or miraculous, it's from our perspective, I believe, not really from Again, his perspective. That proves my point that supernatural miracles are then subjective. Maybe I'm not understanding what he means by subjective, depending on the person who's looking at it. Yes, so a miracle can be seen. And the meaning behind the miracle to the miracle itself, to the understanding of how it caused it or who did it, is dependent not on an objective being, not on an agent, but on the person viewing it. it. Yes, because if you have a person who doesn't believe in God, then they often refer to miracles as simply so a science that, we don't understand. The idea that if I do not know how an engine works in a car, that is now supernatural. Did you actually uh, look into It's outside of my understanding. Yeah, and then, but some people, yeah, they believe that that's essentially what a miracle is. It's just yet to be a dis, like a science or a phenomenon to be understood. Because it fits within the criterion laws of nature, but at the same time, I can't understand those criterion laws of nature. So our immediate assumption, like if you take a cell phone back to the time of, say, Jesus or ancient grief, they're going to be like, that's a miracle. That's an item from God. That's supernatural. And I would say that there are a lot of people who believe that about miracles. It doesn't mean that's true. Because ultimately, in order for a miracle to happen, there needs to be the touch, the supernatural touch of God. And without it, it would never be capable of happening in nature. The idea behind that means is, is that I feel, I feel like in order for God to, to cause a miracle on earth, he has to touch the na laws of nature in order to let that happen. Otherwise, what is he doing the miracle on? You can't, logically, you can't have something outside of everything and then have it affect unless that, unless it's, it's an intellectual agent that created it to begin with. I think. But then again, that agent would have to say, I can cause a miracle because I understand. Let me hear this cancer. I know how the cancer works. So I can turn off a particular aspect, a molecule in, a, in the cancer cells. This is just hypothetical. I don't even know how it works. But he's like, I could just turn that off and cancer would just go away. Faith, because that one molecule is the singularity point of cancer. Destroy that and it goes away. Now that's God manipulating his own creation, which he has the right to, but isn't Action itself, I suppose, is supernatural. Yeah, because it would not come about without the supernatural completely. But the healing isn't, in a sense. They're still who they are. Yeah, like they're not like a different creation. Because in order for one to cure the blindness or an answer, the cells themselves have to go away. That's why when a scientist or a doctor observes a cancer patient, we speak, don't find the cancer cells. Because they're gone. They were taken away. That whole thing makes it so that all supernatural miracles are subjective in the sense that we don't understand how we do not have the wisdom of the universe in order to make those things happen. No. Okay? And it's taken 2,000 years 
and we know, I don't even want to slut. I, I don't even think we have touched the iceberg. No. I have an understanding. Because, because, right? I had this thought that if sin, if death and disease are part of nature, I'm actually going to say maybe they're actually not. Because when God created this earth, that was not in that was not part of it. But sin caused all of this to happen. So these are actually things that are outside of his actual natural law or his original law or his original. He had said if you that, eat or not eat, many, this would happen. Why if only you and Natasha define supernatural, then all disease is supernatural. Because and they're all part of sin. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call outside of natural law. I wouldn't call them supernatural. I would call them the effect of sin. That's literally the definition of supernatural. If it's outside of natural. But I would say that maybe it wasn't because God actually said, "If you eat this, this will happen." But because you've disobeyed me, I will have. I will make it so that you would toe the ground. Yeah, and that you would. God made it so that you would have to work the ground. If God designed the world to have that capability of the fall where you either eat or you don't eat then the potential for those variations in that nature natural law to come into play existed okay but you also have to keep in mind that when adam and eve were created on earth hell wasn't a thing so when satan was banished where did satan go he went to earth satan has the knowledge and secrets of the earth so of course to say that he didn't he didn't see, i think that's like a disease and a myth, a myth. I don't think understanding Satan. is that Satan lives in hell. That's his punishment too. I don't and think hell was not created. Satan doesn't create the fall. No, Satan has no creative he, ability. He can decreate or disassemble. twist what's twist there. Yeah. But Revelation suggests that Satan has all authority on earth. No, he has all authority. Did not help us I would say G Jesus said that all authority has been given to me. So how yes. can Satan, Satan has no authority. He has oh, okay. only what God has given him. And how does the end come about? Well, Christ returns. Because Satan no longer has the authority to manipulate, go to do anything related to the earth. Jesus has all authority. Now, God obviously has higher level of authority than Satan does. Satan actually has to go to God and ask permission. Am I allowed to do this? Yes. And an example of this, Job. Satan couldn't alter or kill any livestock or manipulate anything in regards to Job's life or influence without getting permission. But Revelation does suggest that Satan does have the authority to command. But we don't know manipulate. that he, he had to get permission because God had set his hedge around Job. So he had to go through that hedge to get to Job. I think he otherwise can have the, the freedom that any person does except from a spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. to interact with people and things, but there may be that God has his hedge of protection around certain people specifically, like he did with Joe, where like he had to get special permission to yeah. touch him. So that suggests that God can set up a layer of protection around those he cares about. So humans themselves have protection in a sense, right? God will protect those who believe in him and then use those who don't in his will to protect those. Yeah. And, and Jesus, that, Jesus is a perfect example of this protection. Yeah. Satan tried many times to get him killed off to stop the, the, his ministry and thought he had succeeded at one point. He thought he, yeah. So Satan did succeed in his mind. He did. Ah, I killed him. He's on the cross. So that also suggests that Satan knows 
No, he's not. We tend to ascribe much more power to Satan than he actually has. Yeah, he's. We tend to ascribe Satan the role Mm. of God's opposite. Yes. And equal. Yeah. Yeah, he does not. Um, but we I have mean, this idea. His, yeah. I mean, his influence is great because of Saren and people who mm-hmm. have rejected Jesus. Well, and the fact that we're like naturally bent towards that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has all his fallen angels that work with yeah. him. And so it's not like he's without power, but it's it's just what he's been allowed. It says God still grants Satan some authority in this world, which means that his power is not yet completely broken, except in one area. His power of death. Hebrews two fourteen to fifteen says that Jesus came as a man to die in order to destroy him who holds the power of death. So that is the power that Jesus broke. And I think there's also a difference between the power that Satan had to do things before and after the crazy. So I have to, I have to make it clear that I'm not saying that Satan has complete and utter authority it, over no, everything. No, I just think that there's a tendency it's to limit. It's limited. Yeah. It is limited. See, this is the evidence of that supernatural still rooms about in this area. Monique were t- I were talking about it just this afternoon. But so here's the thing, too. It since anything that you say Satan can is also supernatural, and Satan can do these things outside of the laws. So he's outside of time and space, yeah. etc. That's why we can't right? see him. Yeah, well, in, that's in the why heavenly realms, he lives. Yeah, he is eternal. Being, but the thing is that once something is done supernaturally, we cannot measure it. No, we cannot research it. We There's an entire, th- and that's like I've often thought about that. It's like we think yet, we're like so much nature, and we know what causes tsunamis. We know what causes diseases. We can understand it. Yeah. So this suggests that whatever these things, how these things came about, was within the confines of natural law. Therefore, not supernatural because we can observe and. And measure them, we and sign hear them with antibodies, etc. These things were outside of natural law. We would not be able to do these things. No, exactly, and that's why I'm saying the miracle. It it needs the component factor of the supernatural, which is God intervening. Yeah, otherwise it would never occur. No, and it wouldn't be considered a miracle. And one thing I remember a professor talking about one time is way back at Redeemer Social, but it stayed with me all this time is that we have this tendency to think that like when God uses a miracle, that he's working some amazing thing. But when God uses a doctor to heal something, then it's not as it's not as miraculous. And yeah. the same thing, it's really, it's just God using different means to the yeah. same end. But yeah, we tend to have a feeling like these miracles are somehow like extra, the God extra moving. And yeah, in a way yeah. it is because he's doing something outside of yeah. nature that would never happen without his intervention. intervention but and I think if it is something that is that that comes about for a good, how can that not be healed? Whether it's miraculous or through medicine and science, then that's still something to praise God for. Yeah. yeah, and even when God brings people together, like us uh, in friends, and then puts us in this ministry and all this kind of stuff. If we think back, is had God not intervened and moved us in certain directions, none of this would have happened. That too could be considered a miracle. Yeah. We because we, God working yeah, in the, we can see God working in it and we can ascribe to him all the praise and glory for it. So if it's something, God says, if it's anything that's lovely, praiseworthy, pure good, pure good, yeah, yeah, that is all things to praise God for. So when I praise God for my daughter's life, 
even though she had doctors helping her, seriously, I do believe that her life still being here on earth is a miracle of God's grace. And God uses many ways to, to show his work. He could have healed her completely. And I believe that when it comes time for her to pass from this life into the next, she will be healed completely. For his own purposes and reasons, he determined it the way she is, how he wants her to be for whatever things he wants to teach all of us who are involved in her life. So I always find it interesting with Joni Erickson Tata. She says like the first thing she wants to do when she gets to heaven is tell God to send that wheelchair to hell. Yes. And learn it. Like it's just because it's like as much as it's used, God God has used it live here. She's like <laughs> to Hades with the evil chair. Yeah. But as much as God has used it here to bless people and to create the ministry she has that maybe otherwise wouldn't have happened and all those things, it's still a fall. It's part yeah. of the fall. It also still part of the fall. Yeah. There's there are these suggestions that God doesn't just make stuff happen, that he uses his own laws to make stuff happen. Because if that was the case, then why doesn't God just stick memories and stuff in people's heads? Why does he come through dreams? Why does he come through visions? Yeah. Why not just instantly give the knowledge? Why does he have to go through these natural law? I remember we had this one philosophy class that basically said, like, how do you know that you weren't created five minutes ago with all the with all the memories that you have right now? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, then you just like... broke my brain. <laughs> wait, what? You mean, wait, because yeah. if you think about it, seriously. You don't know five minutes past that it was really real or if it was just a during um, yeah, a memory, a memory that God has planted. When you just go from what God is, this is what he stated. This is how the world began. This is how everything. So we take it as God telling us the truth. But like, there was that question you're sitting there like, I can't really prove it, but I remember it. <laughs> yep. Wait. I put up, yeah. Like, it could even be created during this conversation. Yeah. Having this conversation with the memory of the conversation in the recording because, of the conversation. Because the horrible thing is we can't go back to five minutes ago. No. We like to find out it's real. That just hurts. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Again, I'm back for Redeemer, so it's still in my head. 20 years <laughs> later. And so let, let's all stew on that one for a while. Yeah. It's just like, when you think about image thoughts of eternity, and that goes to what we were wanting to do on our podcast. Talking about the AI yeah. creating a artificial eternity. Artificial eternity, yeah. Wanting to talk to your dead relatives because you miss them. They went well, they were fast. talking about how... But how would that be artificial? How would that be eternity to begin with? I know. There's... I know. That, but that, because, that is... Because one, one, cause you need a recipient talk. What, are you going to have two bots talk to each other? There were one like, person was you know, talking about... human chatting with the bot has to die, therefore it's not eternity. No, but the bot... So if then, will the bot then will the bot support? Yeah. There's this one person who was talking about creating like an AI... VR version of himself so that he could talk to his ancestors, not his ancestors, his progeny, I guess is what you want to call it. His, his children. Children and their children and be able to have, and they're like, they thought of making these things where you can actually talk about stuff. So if you went in and you went into your AI, either the AR or VR, however you want to do it, and you're talking to them going, hey, dad, I'm going through this. How would you handle it? And that's like all these pre-programmed things where, you know, yeah. and are we so far from that? In a sense, like that as an actuality of like where people want to go with it and where you could basically just perpetuate, even though you're, they might think that your soul is somehow in there. But there's this idea that they want eternity, but I want it on their own terms. Mm -hmm. And yet we were just watching this movie called The Infinite. Infinite. And it's basically the, and I, I was only half listening. It was okay. 
Mark Wahlberg's in it, but they're basically like, they just keep getting reincarnated into new bodies. And the thing is, the bad guy was basically just done with reincarnating. He's just like, I want to end this. I want to end this. So in order to not reincarnate, his thing is to, you have to kill every living thing in the universe at the same time so that you then have nothing to reincarnate into. But like, even that idea of like, being able to live in another life gets really old. Yeah. You don't well, want to live through this their, world. Yeah, their thing too was that yeah, but they, they retained the all the memories of, of those past lives. Every time they would have flashbacks and they would remember every killing, every death, every... Everything. everything. It's like you just have this compounding of negative experiences. So even that is just like, yeah, because there's this idea that who would want to live forever, yet we all want to live forever. Yeah. But because we're looking at it from a human perspective. Yeah. Again, I bring back to the same, we we're just talking about the good place and how the good place ends with basically the only way you can appreciate eternity is if you have the choice to eventually annihilate yourself. That's their theory. Yeah. That brings up the concept of that. Why would anything ever get done if you got tomorrow? Yeah. 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 Eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Well, I always find it interesting of the transhumanism about how we just want to be like willy-nilly, put ourselves into a, into a computer, like our consciousness, and you're going, do you not live in this world with technology? Everything breaks down every five minutes and there's a virus or like it's corrupted or like yeah. we just talk about it like it's some, it's a destiny, like we're going to, eventually that's going to happen. And you're like, are you really going to trust yourself to the cloud? Because yeah. people want that because it allows control yeah. over their own destiny. And again, there was that up- over everything. There was that They're upload over everything show, and I get one to watch it, but it was a little too mature. I wasn't. But, really but isn't that what cryogenics is too? But then that's it. Yeah, it's just being able to like, yeah, somehow prolong your life or, or or keep your keep you alive long enough to get to where they've actually conquered death or whatever. And it's just like we try to make our own way in the universe, like as if it's our way, and we ha- we're in charge of. Our destiny, our destiny, our eternity, and making ourselves live beyond now. And that's like, like, yeah, like some of these things could be a positive, cathartic journey where you're trying to deal. Like there's that video I shared with the Korean woman who they created a VR version of her daughter. And from what I remember looking at it before is that her daughter had passed away quite suddenly. And she, her mother just felt like she hadn't been able to say goodbye. And so they created this VR little girl that looked just like her daughter. And they let her go in and see her, and she's just in tears watching her daughter, and people watching her watch her daughter are in tears, and everybody's in tears. And the thing is, I think her thing was like, yeah, I, I got to say goodbye. And then, but to to her, her daughter, daughter, so basically that's what she felt like she had a chance to say goodbye to her daughter, even though it wasn't really her daughter. But the thing is, you could see it as maybe a helpful thing in a sense, like Therapy, where they talk really? about, they talk about like where we'll write a letter to your dad father or whatever and that will help you yeah but, get that, but that's but that's still all i know that person's dead yeah this is just right what another they're, version what they're of, trying to do is they're trying to suggest your daughter isn't dead your they, daughter's alive you could talk to her you yeah get a response back but you could also see how this could really quickly go into the very unhealthy yes like you could not be willing to give up the fact that they're dead and just spend your life in this VR world that's not even real. Can you imagine if they had those in graveyards? Oh my God. You would go to the great, you would go to your dead person, your dead relative's grave and hit a button and be able to have, you have like your game on one. So you see, I'm going to use your thought process. 
That took a long time really dark. I've read too many dark ones. Crematoriums, they're just full of like... I know, and you've got people talking to these, you know, like on that upload show. Basically, people have, if you have the chance before you die, you upload your consciousness. You're basically, you're going to die, so you upload your consciousness before you die. But then there's at their bureau, there's like a giant wall that's just like a video screen. And so you're like essentially interacting with the actual person on the other side. But they're just walking around in the computer world, but you won't, it, it looks like they're part of the room. Okay, that's just as creepy yeah, as mine. It, that's why I wanted to watch it and like to explore this, but it was too little too mature. Like I'm just getting into topics I didn't really want to get into, but I'm still like, it's gone into a third season. I'm still like, I do like, I really, really want to see like, what they're trying to think Because of. it's like the concept. Yeah, like where their mind is going, like the good place. Yeah, people might watch it and be like, oh, this is so anti-Christian, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't the point of it. No. And it's, but it actually plays out a specific worldview really well. And it even plays it out, like being annihilated at the end is the goal, like a positive thing. And no, and like as Christians, we don't believe that to be true. But it was really interesting to see a worldview played out like that, like to its conclusion, like to what it would actually lead to. And so that's why I wanted to watch Upload because I'm, I'm just very curious about like where their concept is going, like from that, from a philosophical perspective. But can you actually, can you actually upload your consciousness? Because isn't your consciousness, your spirit that goes to onto eternity? And there's a whole, like, that's a whole other philosophical. Are we copying ourselves or not? Like, yeah. Is that still like, you? Or is that just a copy of you and you still die? And so there's a part of you alive and a part of you have you or if they have dropped you, your soul. Have you seen the movie Transcendence? Transcendence. I don't think so. Okay, so this movie does the same thing. A man gets poisoned and he's dying, and his wife is desperate to save his life. The technology he invented was more towards an AI. He was trying to develop an AI in a sense. He was trying to be able to copy trying to replicate the human brain, but instead he figured out a way to upload his consciousness. The whole movie bases it off, oh, he dying, let's upload his consciousness, so he does it. But oh, the entire movie okay. goes into this idea where he finally does it. Oh, I'm immortal. But the goal was to advance technology enough so that he can recreate his body, mm -hmm. go back into it, and then be with his wife so they could die together. Yeah, and it's just, right. yeah. So it, it effectively, the longer you stay uploaded, and effectively, you're just going to make a full circle, cycle, circle. And they're like, I can't touch, I can't feel, I can't smell, I can't do anything. Why did I do this in the first place? So that you spend your most, you, know, you spend the rest of your time uploaded trying to get back to the yeah. world. <laughs> back into the, that's back like, into the world. That's why with this upload show, that's what happened. Like, he's trying to figure out how to get back. He ended up getting uploaded because he was in a car accident and they were basically like, you're going to die. But then he finds out later that he actually wasn't going to die. And then it was all a ruse and whatever. But he's trying to get back into a real body. And it's just like, this is so good. Then why are you trying to get back to this? And it's like, because in the upload world, they had this one, they had this gay couple. And basically they go by them one time and they're like, oh, he has a really bad cold. And then like the people on the outside, so not the upload people, are pay for things. For the people inside or you set up an account for yourself that you get deducted as you you actually pay to get sick so that you could experience it like it was uh like a why would you want downloadable content or whatever so and, and you got you had to pay more if you wanted to like have to blow your nose or whatever like it was just like so you actually had to so like you had to pay for the things that like but but even the people that were uploaded crave even the negative side of, human of being life. human 
And, and it's, it's just so interesting because this is a worldview put as a visual and they don't have, I think they almost don't even realize what they're saying. And because we're all about this, not all about, but there's many people who are about this transhumanism, like we're headed somewhere. We're going to be like, like Stargate big thing was ascension. Like that's the thing that people think of, except it's more digital ascension. But yeah, like they think we're on this upslope of development, evolution, spiritualization, and that we're all going to like to go beyond. If you look at many of these science fiction or everything's about going beyond this world. Yeah. Beyond it. It's obviously something that God has implanted in us that we are made for eternity. And there's just so many things. It's just interesting to see that there's so many people. Yeah, there's this understanding that we are eternal beings. Even people who think that this is the only life we get, there's this desire for eternity. Eternity. So trying to vampire movies. How popular were vampire movies? Because people want to be. But how many? Yeah, immortal. Everything immortal. And the thing is, too, but it's always about. It's inbuilt in us. Yeah. But we feel like just just like Abraham tried to take it in his own hands to have to have a child when he had Ishmael, we try to create eternity ourselves. Yeah. And it comes off as such broken, sad. That's all hyper topic. Asian has one because what you were suggesting was people resurrecting the dead. So that they can live in trance and you can talk to them. Now you're going into the never had a kid. Let's get through these chip boxes and rewind the personality. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, why do you think that, why do you think that having kids like these outside of marriage in the sense of not even being in a partnership, either if for men having surrogate moms so that they can have a baby or women just going and get the fertility treatment so that they can have a kid when there's no because they want that or Having enough money that you can adopt your own, even though you have no other. Yeah, there's this oh, and drive. It's, it's, it's fascinating because it can take it another twist that people might not be expecting with Elon Musk's human robots. Yeah. So or, instead or of having an actual digital Acharya, you get something like from Detroit being human, where father loses both human his wife too? and his child <laughs> in a car accident, and he buys robots to replace yeah. So instead of this idea that you would take that digital and you would make a physical format of it, a robot. If you so look I... at, there's this, I didn't watch them all. I only watched the first couple. But on Disney Plus, there's a, a series called Year One Million. I think it's what it's called. And it's not about the year one million. It's about the future and where technology seems to be headed. And in the first episode, it's like a drama slash documentary. Like it's a mixture. And they actually had this family who they like they got in a car accident and their daughter died, but then they immediately got an Android replacement with her personality and her looks to replace her. And they're, they're saying, like, "Hey, this is what things seem to be going towards. Like how we can just replace a human person with an Android person as long as we have the personality or somehow the consciousness of the person or whoever they decide to do it." That it's the same thing. So much complication. So what about growing up? What about your child going up to college, getting a university, finding a job? When you get old, you get to take care of by your kids. Yeah, it's a trigger. How a robot would do that? Then you just exchange it. And so you get an ever-increasingly aged one. And they got this idea that once we conquer AI and consciousness melding or whatever, then they can grow and, and go on a normal human person would be before all this ai came out we actually did you watch it too yeah 
a, a Korean drama called Are You Human Too? And it's that very concept where a, a mom was torn away from her son. And in order to just have that with him, she create. she was a scientist. She created an AI replica of him. And as a boy. As a boy. And she grew him up into, into a man. And then when, it, when her actual son was in an accident, in order to fool the grandfather, she replaced her real son with the AIs, with that robot son. She nurtured her real son. In but her- as soon as her real son came into the picture, the other one meant nothing to her. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that anger of the real son toward the, to the artificial one. Yeah. He, the, the actor played the dual role and he did such an amazing job. job. But then, of course, they create the AI with the personality and the ability yeah. to have empathy and, and feelings. feelings and, and, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, fall in love with an AI yeah. robot. So you can fall in love with a robot, and I don't know what weirdness that's all about, and I'm just not going to go there either. Okay. It was How much did she so make? Like, so again, there's a conflict where we're suggesting, oh, we're going to go down this digital road. And then you just made another turn and say, oh, we're not going to go down. We're not going to we're going to go down a digital road. And then we're going to make a backtrace going to human augmentation where we're going to get into artificial wombs and then be able to just grow organic human beings. Right. Well, because because like yeah. just suggested the movie suggested that she was an actual organic living being, a human, the robot meant nothing. Yep. So there's going to be this shift that we're going to go back and we're going to go down another, an entirely different route of science, where instead of creating a digital world, we're going to create an augmented world. Not like digitally augmented, but like organically augmented. Then, yeah. yeah, we just, it's just a way of cre- trying to create an eternity that is subpar to the actual eternity. And it's just, yeah. And the thing is, just because it can be created doesn't mean it should be created of things. And yeah, it's like God has given license for people to follow their free will, and He's created science that can be comprehended. It's not that far off in the future because they seem to have already gotten some of it happening. With the- yeah, how long do you think this will last? Interesting but, is that then this, it'll go if you read Brave New World. Science, when was Brave New World written? I want to know about this. When Brave New World was written? Because actually they talk about this exact thing in there. And it's interesting that he was even thinking about this at that time, because this is not a current book. Brave New World. Yeah. Published in 1932. The Bra- Brave New World was written in 1931, published in 1932. And he was talking about artificial wounds and things in there and how they basically they at the very beginning of the book you actually have a character walking through this science building and they're like yeah this is where we're creating like the a's and that that there's the b's and we have this is like the people that we want to like they had one where they're like they have the embryo in motion all the time because then those people will be more likely like those people will be the ones that do the work on like high rises and things that require like you're not going to have vertigo and stuff. It's just, but he's talking about this in 1931 and 1932. It was their science at that time that he even caught happened yet. That like where we're going, almost where we're going, where we're doing. Yeah, these the so- book sounds like it has the same society structure as Divergent. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So he wrote that, and then there's 1984 was like written 
as well. So both are written in 1984. No, it's just that there are two books to read and that are creepily accurate. Yeah. Because he wrote in, let's see, 1949. And if I listen to them and you can find them free to listen to. And it was really creepy how bang on that they are. Like it is ridiculously creepy. Like they were written now. Not a hundred years ago, but almost a hundred years ago. It's because they're people who are taking worldviews and they're following them to their logical conclusion. Yeah. And not everybody has that capability or that perceptiveness. But these two people were just really creepy what they thought about. There's any of these science fiction movies that you or TV shows that you watch from like the 80s and the 70s and how much they're like, we're doing stuff like that now, which is weird. Yeah. For yeah. watching, is like, <laughs> we're not going to be like the Jetsons. Wait a minute. But science fiction is actually like, it tends to be a lot of social dialogue. Uh-huh. And it takes concepts and brings them kind of outside of your current living condition type of thing and, and creating like what if scenarios. So it's very usually like very cutting edge that way. And so, yeah. So it's interesting. You can watch Star Trek. And you're going, like, we can watch it now. And you might be like, that's corny, the, like, the graphics or whatever. But the concepts are still in play now. Yeah. Yeah. So the storylines aren't necessarily so far off. It just may be, like, the CGI or whatever. You're just like, oh, that's kind of corny. But then if you actually look at the storyline, it's also not the boring part or whatever. No. And where they actually take things. And some of the the technology, yeah, that is so 80s technology. But even when we go back and we watch Stargate now, which is yeah. been off, it's been off the air for so, quite a number like a years, it's just interesting to see how much is still in play now. Yeah. Like even when they went through this whole, sort of the Ori pandemic thing, we're like, wow, we actually lived through a pandemic since this has been out. And it's like, so much of the stuff that is the same. It's just like crazy. <laughs> it's what the world's concept of grief is different from a Christian's concept of grief. We grieve, but as one with no. That's what Paul says. He says, Don't, do not grieve at those without hope. And we, and the thing is, we shouldn't be trying to project or create an eternity here. No. Because that will only end badly. It will. Even no. if we somehow achieve some sort of immortality, in a sense, here on earth, it's not going to be a good thing. Well, and grief is a process that's necessary, but it's a matter of can you... Like, how do you deal with your grief? I see when families lose a loved one. I'm no stranger to it. I've had grandparents, aunts, cousins, two cousins who passed away unexpectedly and quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just like one in a fear of car accident and the other one went to bed. That was it. Yeah, I had a cousin do that too. Very young. But, and I have no idea of their eternal, their eternity. I had no concept of that at the time of when they passed away, even. I, I, and I have to believe that God knows best in that kind of respect. God, the Holy Spirit, is our comforter. And if you can't go to Jesus with your sorrows, God knows your sorrows. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Yeah. So there's, that's part of the, I see that with my own, with what happened with my daughter. I can relate to other people and the sorrows that they go through. 
I know what you're going through. I and and I, I'm still of the I'm still the opinion that like some of these things may can be used in a way that might be constructive. Because like I said, there's people, there's counselors who will say, write a letter. Yeah. That way, what it does is it gets it out. Yeah. So sometimes it's just, okay, have a conversation. Conversation. Just, yeah. A conversation. You know, this person's not there, but this is like how it would go. And then it helps you just get things off your chest that you feel like you didn't say. And it's like, no different than going to ship. No different than going to their grave and saying it to them. You're advocating highest. <laughs> yes, they I take their job. I was talking to my counselor right after I heard about this one with this girl, woman, this Korean woman, with her daughter at the VR, and he was actually very interested in it, thinking like it actually could be a help in certain situations. But the problem is, it's like going to be the, the tendency to abuse it or have people with no morals or very little ethical just creating and selling this stuff that can be so detrimental like it's not like it's if if you can use it in a positive constructive way where you're understanding the actual situation but if you can people get lost in the bottle they get lost in addiction like what's the difference of getting lost in the basically the addiction of not letting go or something not confronting reality but what somebody could do potentially and i'm not saying that's a good thing in any sense of the word but they could create a VR of your daughter if stuff had happened differently in her life. Although that would, yeah. I don't know if I could deal with that because. I know everything like that is something that could be created. And like, what would that do if you were more in the directly just happened situation and then you got lost in that and you wanted to get her? Yeah. So even the fact that anything negative did happen. Yeah. And just embrace the world where it didn't happen. Embrace the world where it, I, and it I, wasn't would I, would I want to leave that world? That's the thing. Like, why do you think? Again, comic books is like the science fiction where it's always pushing the cutting edge of philosophy. Why do you think there's a multiverse aspect where every decision you make creates a new universe because you want to believe that there's somewhere that you made a different decision when you've had a bad decision? You're never like, oh, I hope I'm in the world that didn't result in the good things in my life. It's always, oh, I wish I lived in this multiverse <laughs> where I didn't make these decisions. And that was the whole premise behind basically the Doctor Strange of the second movie was like Wanda not wanting to let go of her kids, let go of the kids that actually didn't really exist, but they did to her because uh, but in another multiverse that there would be. So she wanted those children. She wanted something that wasn't in her universe. So she created this other universe or she went to this other universe. Yeah. So these ideas are there. They're in, they're etched into our being of things should be different things should be not this painful that the world should not be this way eternity should be something like all these things are etched into our very being our dna yeah and we got, got it pl implanted in us this is not right yeah. something is not right what is missing yeah and should we should be able to have the happily ever after we always want that which like, is why when we want to when we why do you think why do you think hallmark can make 732 of the same movies in one year, and everybody watches them all. I don't. No, but no, because that's too much cheese for me. Yeah, <laughs> I love cheese, but not that much. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> or sugar. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah, we want the happy ending. We want the happily ever after. It's supposed to be a happy ending. Thankfully, the Bible shows us that we do have a happy ending. Christ comes. The devil's defeated. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> read the book. Not suggest to do. You haven't read the book. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. He's already won. He's already won. Yeah. And everything is going to be wonderful and, and I'm not in the good place way. No, not in the good place way. No, it'll be much better. And 
trying to think of of heaven and eternity. That hurts my brain. Yeah, that hurts my brain too. Just understand that God has We went all over the map with this one too. But sometimes these conversations come about in this way. And they're not specifically aimed at single people, but we're still Christians. Single people are Christians too. They need to talk about this stuff. We need to talk about things that don't always necessarily relate to singleness, but relate to our relationship with God and eternity. And with our society. And with society. Maybe on that note. And you are? Oh, yes. Natasha? You are the host. Oh, I'm the host, Natasha. This is me. Yeah. speaking and yeah. i'm Winnie. hello and david hello and now we're going to say goodbye goodbye <laughs> thank you for joining goodbye. us on thank you for joining us on this most this candid topic. conversation we're calling them candid conversations this so already this we will have more covered we'll we'll have more candid conversations sometimes you just have to see where it goes yep yeah thanks so, for joining us so thanks for joining us yep. thank you and we'll see you here next time yep bye for now Bye-bye. What a journey we have shared today, exploring the realms of God's miracles, the promise of eternity, and the frontier of artificial intelligence. We've woven together threads of insight, theological reflection, and considered how technology can both challenge and enhance our understanding of God's presence in our lives. I pray that today's discussions have kindled a light within you, encouraging deeper contemplation and fostering a stronger bond with God amidst the innovations of our digital age. As we conclude this episode of the Route 77 podcast, let's carry the insights and reflections with us, continuing to seek, question, and deepen our relationship with God and His eternal love. So until next time, stay blessed, stay curious, and remember, live your single life to its fullest.